Thank you for letting us come here. It's um, we we are thrown back into having small children coming with your hair, standing in every direction. Uh, you, you, I just realized I didn't don't have any rings on. I don't haven't brought my glasses. So, I, well done, everyone, for looking lovely, having children. <laughs> but thank you for letting us come here, and we we feel that we have a bit of a message uh, from from God, but also from our experience of raising four children. It's not easy all the time. But, but I hope it's going to be uh, for help, to your help for the future. And um, Yvonne said sharing from our experiences. I, I can say sharing from our mistakes. Because Nina was our first, and <clears throat> we, we did our, all, all our testing, all our trials, we did on her. And six years later, we got Eric. And he's like, we stand at our peak as parents at that time. <laughs> no, not really. And, and actually, um, we, we, what we are talking about now is, is not, nothing really, I don't think it's really sensational or anything like a, like a chef's uh, recipe book or anything like that. Being a, a parent is, is one aspect, but as we could see here before, there are so many children in church uh, some of you may work in schools, and there's always children around. And the, the, the heading for this talk is, is actually raising children with the passion for Christ. It can be raising children in your, in your family. Of course, we will have our experiences mostly from our families, uh, for, from our family, but it is applicable to every moment in life where you are having children around, we hope. So please don't switch off already here if you don't have any children. The second thing I would like to start already from the out outset, it's nothing like you, you will be transformed or anything like that. I think being a parent or raising children is about being yourself very much, but maybe with a little bit more skills and, than you had before. Um, yes, it was not about a, a recipe book. If, if we start from the very outset of, of, of the Bible, we can see that family is important. Uh, we believe that God has two like, like strands for developing mankind, uh, bringing man in, sorry, bringing man into to his family. And one is the family, the, like the, the family between a man and a husband uh, living together. No, a man and a wife, sorry. And, and thank you. We, we said before, we're going to help each other to do, do things better. Thank you, Yvonne. And secondly, it's, it's a family, and the other part is, is the church, we believe. And in the, already in the outset of the Bible, we can read about Adam, who God created. And, and the Bible tells us that it was not good for Adam to be on his own. So, therefore, he needed a companion, uh, someone really to share the future. And then Eva was Eve was created. And God told them to be fruitful and multiply. And exactly what God told Adam and Eve as a family in the outset, he also tells the church, be fruitful and multiply. So we believe that family is, is really essential already from the outset. And, and of course, families don't always look like a mum and a dad and children, because things are happening in, in life. 
uh, and, and it could look very different today. Um, but however, the principles, as Ola said, work. I work in a school and, and I feel that the children around me or the teenagers around me, they are important. I can make an impact on them. And, and that is the same with all of you. You can take this as a challenge today. If you don't, don't have your children of your own, you can have, a, can we be a neighbor? Or it could be your sister's children or whatever. But someone that you can help and make an impact on their lives. And we can, in that way, we can all be fathers and mothers to children. And it is an amazing possibility to, because what we are doing is that we are forming the next generation. We are forming people in the way that we want them to be and to go. We have an enormous power, in a way, to, to form, to shape, and pass a culture on, a godly culture on. And in this way, as fathers and mothers, we can be part of changing the world. We can have an impact on our own children, but also in here, in the groups here, or uh, at school, or at work, or wherever we are. It's, it's actually an amazing possibility we have. You can imagine, we, we can a, a bit decide about one child's future in the way how we impact them, what we teach them. It's, it's, it's enormous, it's a responsibility, but it's also an opportunity to be able to do that. I'm going to just read a few Bible verses and um, because I forgot my glasses, I'm going to read here because that's bigger than that text. <laughs> 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 to 10, it says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. We, God loves us even if we are not good all the time. It's God's unconditional love. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16 and 18. I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. God wants to spend time with us. He loves us. He wants to spend time with us. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He wants to be our father, and he is the perfect father as well. Ephesians 1 Four, verses 4 to 6. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. We are adopted by him. He loves us. He wants to spend time with us. We are 
his adopted son and daughters. And all these things Yvonne just read about and talked about is, is valid for us as Christians. When we are saying yes to him, we are adopted into his family. And I don't believe for a second that when we are becoming parents or in situations where we are with children, that he should turn away from that. Of course, he is with us and he wants to help us, encourage us. And um, I think really to be a father and a mother, fatherhood and motherhood has its foundation in actually who we are in Christ. We are sons and daughters. We are heirs to the kingdom. And um, this, the, I think this is essential to understand that, that, that being a parent is, is founded in who we are in Christ and how we act when we are living out as parents. Um, and as, we, as you understand, and as you said, no one is perfect. We are all making loads of mistakes. And I, I, I was joking about Nina in the beginning, but we have made so many, you can say errors. If you should read like a school book about being a parent, we have done all the errors there. But what I believe is that even so, even if you are making like technical errors being a parent, love is balancing all these errors. So loving and sharing the love for our children is, is something which can balance out our mistakes because we are all going to make mistakes as a parent. No one is perfect. I mean, Yvonne and I, we started, we, uh, we got Nina when you were about... Um, 21. 21, and I was obviously then 25. Today, we, don't, we, we, think, we think we were fairly young, fairly unexperienced. And it's natural that you make mistakes. But balancing all of them with, with the love of Christ, that is like, like counterweighting the mistakes. As, we, as I said before, we believe also family and church, that they are God's tools for the future. And our hope is that, that we could pass on something that will help all, all of us to be a little bit stronger when meeting children, to pass on something better to the next generation compared to what we have now. And we're going to look at a few aspects of raising children. And um, it's... If you think that a child is never going to challenge you, uh, you, you are wrong. That is part of it all. But it's, it's a good part because that's the way how they develop. They try. Can I do it this way? Can I try and do it that way? And they try to push and see how far can I go with this mum or dad. And that's, that, it's natural. And that is part of being a child. And it's important, and it's shaping the child into a person. And it's our task then, as grown-ups, wherever we are, to help them, to form them and shape them in that. Um, when, we, when they try to push and they try to challenge, that's our um, task then, to help them in that. And if you just leave it, and let them push and they decide everything, then it is not correct. Because we as grown-up, we, ha we have to take an active part in shaping them. I will read one, one verse from Proverbs 13, verse 22. A good person leaves an inheritance for the children's children. So once again, it is biblical to pass this on. 
Me, as Yvonne touched here, children can be very nasty. It can be really, really, really difficult from time to time. And, and, um, it's, and we have different tempers, all of us. Some are having a very short temper, some are more patient. And I, I remember one of our children, Tom, for instance, he, he was, when he was little from time to time, he could be quite awkward and, and really hard work. And responding Tom with, with being angry and with anger, that just went into a vicious circle and things just became, became worse and worse. So we invented uh, a, a, like a theme with Tom, love Tom kind again. And so when he was really nasty, we, we really tried that again, to, to, to really be kind to him and, and show our love for him. And actually that, that, that worked. It changed quite a lot in, in, in that situation. And, and we thought, with the three first children, we thought, ha, we know how to do this. Look at them, they are quite well behaved and we know how to do it. And then we got uh, Clara, our fourth. And she was super lovely until she became 12. And 12, it was like we got another person in the house. She was like, ugh, I don't want you as a mum. I rather want that girl as my mum. And, and she just, you know how she just turned, you think, uh, whoops, what, what is happening with her? And she was lying to us. She had the worst friends we could think about. We lived in Cockermouth, a tiny little place. And you think, all the children are lovely here. But what we hadn't realized as foreigners was that behind us was quite, it was, was an area with a lot of families with problems. And we, I, I didn't understand that. They all lived in little cute houses. And they passed our house to come to school. And she became friends with them. I, I didn't get it until you just thought, hmm, when you're 12, you don't sleep over with boys and girls and have alcoholic drinks, do you? It's just, what is going on? So then I said to Clara, no, you are not going there. You can't stay overnight. And she said, wow, all of my friends are doing that. I said, I don't bother. I don't, you, you can, if the whole of Cockymouth is staying there, you are not. And she was so angry with me. She disappeared. They called from school and said, where is she? And they said, oh, we he we've heard that someone has said she's going to meet a boyfriend in Keswick, which was, she's taken the bus. And we were, Ola was sitting in a meeting negotiating with a big company of millions of pounds. He had to leave that meeting, said, sorry. We have to postpone this meeting. Um, we need, I need to go. And we were out looking to find her. She had older boyfriends. And you know, it was last, it was a nightmare. And what my advice is then is to never ever give up. There was no response back when we loved her. She was like, I don't need your love. It was, she wanted to look cool. She, if we took her mobile, she got three more mobiles hidden in her wardrobe. You know, you just think, what are we going to do here? But we, um, we just kept loving her. We put boundaries around her. And 
we we couldn't really do, I couldn't do it on my own. I must I can honestly say that I I felt ooh I would like to do something with her. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what, but I didn't. Exactly. But but what it's then it is so important to have this supernatural love. Just say, God, help me. I can't do this. When we feel totally exhausted, we don't know what to do. We can have this love burst from God. And, and uh, the verses Yvonne read also in the beginning about walking with God uh, for his purpose and grace. It's so important that we, in these difficult situations, that we understand once again who we are in Christ, that the grace we have received we can pass on to, in this case, Clara, and the love we have received from God, we can also pass that on to Clara. So our first really good advice to, and, and what we have learned is to be loving, all, even though that love doesn't feel that it's the nearest thing you really can pass on. But please pass it on because it changes. The second area um, we, we think is also super essential for us as, as parents is to pray for them. Um, and I can read just two very brief verses. Uh, uh, okay, sorry, Yvonne can read them. <laughs> we have changed the order here. Uh, what happened then with Clara was I couldn't sleep during the nights. I tried to work, but you know when you, are, you feel so worried and you never know what is going to happen the next day. I've, I was worried, I couldn't sleep, and... Uh, I, could, I didn't even know how to pray. Then I started to speak in tongues. And that is something, when you don't know what to do, just speak in tongues. And it, was, it says in the Bible that it is, uh, do not, uh, let's see here, where is it? There. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysterious mysteries by the Spirit. And that's what I did. I, I didn't know what to do, so I just spoke in tongues. I didn't even know how to pray, so I, I spoke in tongues. And then I felt that thoughts started to be formed. I got ideas in my head, and I, I, I start, opened the Bible and, and read. I started to pray in a different way. And when I read the Bible and prayed, because then I couldn't, I, I knew how to pray. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7 was like, uh, when you, I read it, it was like, ah, wow, this is what I'm going to do. And it says, do not be anxious about anything. I mean, that's easy to say. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And it was like it came alive in my head. I, I'm going to start to thank God for Clara. 
I couldn't, I didn't really know what to think about because there wasn't much. But I decided I'm going to be, I'm going to do that. And then I said, God, you have promised that I'm going to have peace. So I did. I started to praise God, thank him for the lovely girl. I felt quite, <laughs> it didn't, I felt fake when I did it to start with. I, I, I honestly did. But I kept doing it. I kept praising him. And what happened was, Clara wasn't changed, but I was changed. I thought, God, what about Clara? <laughs> but I was the one who was changed by this. And it was my attitude towards Clara that changed through doing this. I felt calmer, I felt peaceful, and I could meet her in a different way. And long term, that had an impact on Clara as well. And this is, I felt just I, I should say this, this, if you feel there is a problem or there is something that in your family or whatever it is that, ooh, I don't know what to do about this. I think this is a method. Start speaking in tongues, read the Bible, and start to thank God for this person or for this situation. Just say, thank you, God. Even if you, it's a disaster, just say, thank you, God. This is great, fake to start with, but I think you pray the truths and they will happen. And it's, I just felt I should say that today here. It's not about just children. It could have be anything. We always now still do pray for our children and for our grandchildren. And I think it's, um, it's a supernatural way of keeping them safe, keeping them where they should be. So I think that's essential. Pray for your children. So, so far, love them, pray for them. The third area we, we also think is, is, is important. Maybe slightly, this is like a, like a priority list, a little bit from, from our side. But thirdly, we think teach them, minister to them, and share with them. And uh, someone has said something like this, if you want to allow the world to shape their values, then just leave them alone and the world will take care of shaping them for you. If you want to raise children in Christ, it means that your voice needs to be the strongest voice in their ears. So just leaving children, we know what will happen. The world around us will take care of shaping them. And I think in, in a country like, like ours, in Sweden, we have a lot of daycare centers. The whole idea from the outset has been that the, the, the state, the society should raise children. We as a church, we as Christians, we are a little bit there on the opposite side. We would like to raise our children in a godly manner, in a godly way. So, 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 so that, 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 that is, I think, quite important as well. And children, someone else has said, this is a typical like, proverb in Sweden, that children, probably in England as well, children is not doing as you are telling them to do. They are doing as you are doing. They are like cop copying you. 
Having said that, still, I think it's quite important to, to be taking the discussion with your children. If your values are rooted in, in the Christ, Christian values, if your life is rooted walking along with God, I think challenging, having good discussions around the kitchen table is a good thing. All the children are experiencing a lot of stuff uh, in schools and all over, in football clubs and, and wherever they go. Have a discussion. What is right? What is wrong? What do you believe yourself? How do you think, Eric? And, and, and have that type of... In, from time to time, I'm, pass, I'm, I'm moving back now 20 years in time when I said, what do you think, Eric? Because that was a type of discussion we often had around the kitchen table. And, and I, think, I think that is a, also a way of shaping... Uh, of course, praying, showing that, that having Christ with you in the life is important to us, and walk with God is, is essential. That's a given. Um, and never forget, never underestimate the Holy Spirit. Because we believe that the Holy Spirit all is, is essential already from the beginning. And I can just mention Yvonne, for instance, she grew up in her home when she was little, under the table in, in their living room. And they had basically, you had prayer meetings several times a week and, and grew up, grew into to having the Holy Spirit walking next to, to you all the time. And I, I, I like that when Yvonne is telling me and I told our children about that, because that is shaping something. Having the home open for, 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 for this type of ministry, this type of prayer meetings, uh, let them be part of it, because that is forming something for the future. Uh, and, and, and another thing, I think, it's, of course, when children are walking around in church, um, because church is just much more than these 11, 10, 30 meetings, but church is something fantastic. Church is something where, where we are all rooted, where we are all ha having... Um, power from where we are having a little bit of a kingdom to come already here on earth and always speak well of the church always encourage taking part in the church life because i think that 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 is not fake because church is fantastic and that will eventually pay off in in their lives um ford ford fourth into ford <laughs> Sorry, my English stand at the peak 2013 when we left England, and it has just gone downhill since. Fourth point, encourage the children. I think giving, giving them self-confidence is maybe one of the most important tasks for, for a parent. Let them believe who they are in Christ. Let them understand who they are in Christ. Let, let them feel that they are royal. And, and just praise with them... Uh, even, of course, when we are doing good things, but also give them praise when the, the things are not as good. Because I think that is giving a, a positive circle around them. And when you now have loved them, encouraged them, and taught them, and shaping them in that way, it's not dangerous to challenge them and protect them as well. Do never... Uh, that's what I, I feel... It's, it's an important advice. Don't idolize your child, that your child is perfect, they can never do anything wrong. Because they are perfect in many ways, but I think you have to be 
a bit um, to help them to grow and become more close to perfect. You need to see things to improve as well. You cannot just love and love and pray for them, of course, and then never, if you see that they do something that is wrong and you don't do anything about it, that is not good either. They, they need help, they need correction. It's like a PT. I have just, I'm not having a PT, I'm going to a physiotherapist, but I pretend it's my P PT. <laughs> it's a bit the same. And if, if that is so important that they, she is looking for improvements. She sees my muscles around my knees are weak. Aha, I need to do some exercise for that to be able to... So, so I'm not going to have problems in the future with my knees. And that is a bit like being a parent. You see, hmm, here is something we need to work with something that needs to be improved and then um, that is how you how you look at it and it's not wrong to see that to help them and with Clara she I said that she was always lying to us she was cheating in different ways and our own experience w was that we didn't see uh, the progress when we were upset with her. But with time and with friendly discussions and we kept her safe, that it turned out very well. She is coming to your weekend away, so you can check it out. Don't tell her what I've said. <laughs> I, I, I asked her, is it okay to talk about you, Clara? And she said yes. But... But, but you can check her out when she, she comes with her husband. Uh, but we, I had a colleague who had problems with her 15-year-old girl. And she said to Clara, Clara, what, what, how, how, how could I help her to become like you? And I was thinking, <laughs> let's hear. And Clara said, a bit jokingly, but I think she meant it. She said, uh, lock them in until their brain has grown. <laughs> That's what she said. Protect them from, them, their, from themselves. But actually, when I think about it, I think, hmm, she, she is right. We don't need to lock them into a cupboard. But in a way, we are responsible for keeping them so they can't hurt themselves, so they can't, they don't destroy their lives when they are 12. It's our responsibility to, to in a way, lock them in, <laughs> but keep, to keep them safe. Um, I, I think as well, something that you did very well is our boys loved football, and that is a very tough environment. But Ula always made time to, to go with them to football, to, to be there, to drive every time, even if it was like, ah, again. But the time we spent with them, or Ula spent with them on, around the football pitch, being there with the other boys as well, he was part of shaping 
Tom and Eric, but also the other boys. And no job, no job in the whole world is more important than your children. And it doesn't matter if you are in charge of a big company like Ola was, it doesn't matter. What, what is that compared to your children? It's, it's, uh, that is an important mindset as well. Your children are import more important than your job. This has been a few examples, a few areas which we believe is essential with, with raising children in any, any shape or form, actually. Um, and and uh, I hope it has been useful. I will just read now at the end one or two more verses from, from first from Proverbs 22. It says, and this is from the message. It says, point your kids in the right direction. Then they are not, well, <laughs> then they are old. They won't be lost. And the second one I, I would like to read is from 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which, which first lived in your grandmother, Louis, and in your mother, Eunice, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. As you can see, generations shaping generations, and um, I, think, I think shaping the next generation is a task for all of us. It's part of God's plan for us as individuals, as families, as families, the family like the church, and uh, to shape the next generation slightly better than the previous one. And I, in my school, we have, it's teenagers, and we have a lot of um, mental illness among the teenagers, and I was speaking to the special needs teacher. We went to an event together, and we talked about this, and then I said to her that I think what is lacking in Sweden is that we have cut God out, totally out of our society. Religion and spirituality is not part of our society. And of course, they feel lost. They don't know how to do life. And uh, we need a compass in life. We need God, we need Jesus and the Holy Spirit in life. So if you want your children to grow up and feeling that, wow, I'm a, a son and daughter of the king, I, I don't need to feel lost, I have somewhere to go, then you are doing a great job. And you can be part of, uh, transfer a culture, you can give new values, and you can set a, a, a new standard in our society here in Sweden. And never give up. It's like not passing this on to your children. It's like having a treasure and I'm saying, I have something really good, but I'm not gonna give it to you. It's, that's a very strange way of thinking, but, but give what you have to your children. Maybe we could just finish this session and, and we can, where you are sitting, we can just, from here, pray for you. Pray for all of us um, at the end then.